Despite legislating some of the strictest vaccine mandates in the world throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stated on Monday that he never forced anybody to get the vaccine. J.K. Rowling called out Canadian male politicians for prancing around in high heels in an attempt to raise awareness about domestic violence. The Trudeau government's controversial online censorship bill, Bill C-11, is inching closer to becoming law as the Senate prepares to pass the bill. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, April 25th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. During a speech at the University of Ottawa on Monday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau claimed that his government never forced anybody to get vaccinated, despite legislating some of the strictest vaccine mandates in the world throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Trudeau made the comments while speaking alongside Germany's President Franker Walter Steinmeier during a public discussion between the two. Here's what that sounded like. My responsibility was to keep as many Canadians alive as possible. And all of the scientists and the medical experts and the researchers, not just in Canada, but around the world, understood that vaccination was going to be the way through this. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, I chose to make sure that all the incentives and all the protections were there to encourage Canadians to get vaccinated. And that's exactly what they did. We got vaccinated to a higher level than just about any other of our peer countries. And that's why we had a less deadly pandemic than most other countries. Now, I see a lot of people nodding along with that. But boy, oh boy, you know, the comments section on the live stream right now is exploding with people who are in deep, deep disagreement with everything I just said. And we have to figure out how to continue to protect those people because my job as prime minister is to keep people alive and keep people safe and keep democracy going, whether or not they choose to believe that's what I'm doing or not. Despite Trudeau's claims, Canadians across the country were fired from their jobs, denied access to basic services, and barred from traveling due to vaccine mandates promoted by the federal government. Lindsay, this is just one of those stories that makes you give your head a shake. It seems like nowadays politicians don't have to take accountability for any of their actions, and they lie with such frequent ease that it's really quite unbelievable. I mean, sure, did the Trudeau government hold a gun to people's head and force them to get vaccinated in that sense? No, but they made it pretty much impossible for them to proceed with life in any manner of way without being vaccinated. What's your take on this? Right. And not to mention that it was Trudeau who said that people who don't get vaccinated tend to be misogynist and racist. So he was, you know, outwardly name calling people who decided not to get vaccinated. And just, you know, in that clip, how he portrays himself as the savior of Canada and, you know, he saved people's lives, uh, you know, by instituting mandates that got people fired, that, um, you know, made people have to get expelled from university who couldn't visit loved ones during really important times of life. Um, But apparently he's taking credit for saving people's lives. He said that we had a less deadly pandemic in Canada 
But um, I mean, I didn't get vaccinated against COVID-19. I'm still alive and healthy. So um, no, no credit to Trudeau for that. No, absolutely not. And one of the reasons that he's saying this now is because prior to the last election, he would have been boasting about his plans to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine is because there is so much evidence coming out about the COVID-19 vaccine being harmful. And we're seeing countries all around the world sort of change their policies. You know, kids don't need to get the vaccine anymore. Youth don't need to get the vaccine anymore. People under 50 don't need to get the vaccine. Some countries aren't recommending boosters. So the tides have really turned on what people think about the COVID-19 vaccine as some prominent scientists have warned from the beginning. And so we're seeing a shift from all these politicians that push the vaccine onto their citizens now saying, well, you know, we left it up to you. It was optional. No one's going to have to take responsibility for the fact that these COVID-19 vaccines have had adverse effects. And in some cases, people have died immediately after getting the shots. Nobody wants to take responsibility for that. Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling and other prominent women are calling out Canadian male politicians for prancing around in high heels in an effort to raise awareness about domestic violence. Last week, Liberal Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra tweeted a video which shows Al-Gabra, along with other male ministers and MPs, walking around a committee room in pink high heels. Other elected officials seen in the video include Liberal Housing and Diversity and Inclusion Minister Ahmed Hussein, Green Party MP Mike Morris, and Conservative MP Larry Brock. The April 20 activity called Hope in High Heels was organized by the Halton Women's Place, a GTA women's shelter, with the help of Liberal Families, Children, and Social Development Minister Karina Gold. Rowling responded to the video saying, quote, Keep us posted on how many femicides this prevented. The British author is also a survivor of domestic violence and sexual assault. Rowling wasn't the only prominent woman to call out the Hope in High Heels activity. The event also received criticism from former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin, Turning Point USA personality Savannah Hernandez, Toronto Sun editor-in-chief Adrian Batra, and Olympian Sharon Davies, among other big names. Well, Rachel, my take on this is that these kinds of gimmicky awareness campaigns just don't really do well in the current year. Um, even with the Bell Let's Talk campaign, where, you know, Bell used to donate five cents for every uh, every time you tweeted or texted Bell Let's Talk, you know, that kind of fell out of favor with people, too. So these kinds of, you know, just cutesy um, campaigns that intend to go viral, I don't think people really like them anymore. Uh, even if even if it goes to a good cause, sure. But I mean, personally, I don't even own pink high heels. I don't think throughout my day I really see any women wearing pink high heels. Uh, what do you think? You know, I think that your comment is quite astute. I actually remember the first time I ever saw one of these campaigns. I was in high school. I was at the mall in St. Catharines here in Ontario. And I was just kind of confused. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And then I sort of started to realize that it was a youth group that had actually come out. And the youth group leaders, as well as some of the young men in the church, were wearing high heels to raise awareness for a woman that were being abused and sort of domestic abuse situations. And I didn't have any concerns about it at the time. I was obviously in high school. I didn't look at issues quite as critically as I do now. But I think it was also a very different time when you could do those types of events and it would have a lot of positive reactions. People were glad that men were paying attention to such issues and they were glad that people were speaking out. I think things have changed drastically in the decade since. I think one of the reasons why women were really upset about this campaign is because 
we're so tired of seeing men make caricatures of women, which is really what we're seeing with the transgender movement and what we're seeing with people like Dylan Mulvaney, who are pretending that they know what it's like to be a woman when they have absolutely no idea. And their presentation of a woman is someone who is ultra feminine, who is afraid of bugs and doesn't like to go outside and who wears short skirts and crop tops. And you and I both know that's not at all what it means to be a woman. That is a terrible representation of womanhood and that these men will never understand what it's actually like to walk in a woman's shoes. So I think women have become sensitive to men portraying them in these caricature and really silly stupid ways you're right I don't own a pair of pink high heels either and so I think that's sort of where the sensitivity arises and then of course the other rather obvious thing is that if the liberal government actually wanted to do something about violence against women maybe it's time to look at bail reform and actually get something done on that because that's actually something that they could do a policy they could reform that would protect women on the streets and in the homes I think you're so right about that like as as women we're so used to seeing you know these biological males trans women making fun of our appearance that something like this doesn't even hit hard anymore and another thing is you know you see these kinds of things happening in among the elites you know we have these liberal people who are doing this prancing around in high heels uh, we have justin trudeau always talking about his 50 50 gender balance cabinet but then the kind of darker underbelly is this liberal government is also supporting trans predators in jails and shelters where biological women actually have no way of escaping uh, male predators who are pretending to be women. And so, sure, they can do these kinds of campaigns and, and it's all haha cutesy, but there is really a darker side to this that they are uh, completely sweeping under the rug. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. We know from the Trudeau government's policies that they actually aren't interested in protecting women. And that becomes very obvious when you let men into spaces that women are in that need to be protected, like change rooms, like jails, like homeless shelters. These are places where women are very vulnerable. And we know that men have no interest in protecting women when they allow men to enter in these spaces where there's going to be women and there's going to be young girls. And it's really just disgusting. And I think one of the things that's also so frustrating about being a woman nowadays is this idea of equality, which yes, I do believe that men and women were created equal, but I also believe that we have inherent and biological differences that don't need to be denigrated, but can be celebrated. The things that I love about being married or that my husband compliments me in all the ways that I am weak and in the ways that I'm strong, you know, those are not strengths of his, which is a very common thing. That's why God designed man and woman to be together. And we're just seeing that erased. And as a result, we're seeing all the things that were once genuinely celebrated about women and loved being erased. And these types of policies and these types of campaigns really just fall flat when we've seen what society actually thinks of women time and time again. It's only a matter of time before the Trudeau government's online censorship bill becomes law. Bill C-11, which updates Canada's Broadcasting Act, will subject digital content creators to regulation by the Canadian Radio Television Telecommunications Commission. The bill is currently making its way through the Senate. The government appears to be limiting the hours left to debate the legislation, according to the Conservatives. Conservative Senator Don Plent says the government's plan to use time allocation to conclude debate is, quote, a slap in the face, end quote, to Canadians who have concerns with Bill C-11. Last week, government representative in the Senate, Mark Gold, presented a motion proposing that the Senate accept the version of Bill C-11 that the House of Commons signed off on. In March, Liberal MPs in the House of Commons voted to support closing debate on amendments, 
which would protect content posted online by individuals from government regulation. After appearing at an impasse late Thursday night following a push from the Conservatives to adjourn, Gold gave notice of what's known as time allocation. So that's a move that puts limit on how much further time can be spent talking about a specific item of business. In this case, the time allocation motion would mean that the Senate would be provided up to six further hours of debate on Bill C-11. Then there will be votes on a pair of amendments, including one from PLET that would see the upper chamber insist on the amendment to protect user-generated content from government regulation. An amendment that the bill's sponsor, Canadian Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez, rejected, by the way. That will be followed by a vote on Gold's main motion proposing that the Senate approve the government version of the bill that was already passed by the House of Commons. If the amendments fail and the motion passes as it stands, the House will be informed that the current version of the legislation has cleared the Senate. The bill will then be ready for royal assent, and that's the last step before it would become law. Lindsay, in the last eight or so years since the Trudeau Liberals were elected in 2015, there's been many occasions where there's been legislation that's becoming law that I've kind of just, you know, sighed and shook my head and thought this isn't a good thing for Canada. I would prefer if this legislation wasn't happening. There's times when I felt very frustrated, such as some of the increases that we've seen with taxes and, for example, the order in council to ban firearms and actually confiscate legally purchased property. So this is how liberty dies moment. And I think it's so personal for me because I'm really concerned for what's gonna happen to our careers and our industry. And are people still gonna be able to find us online? Are people still gonna be able to see our work online? And I just wonder, you know, for people that have never heard of True North, I just don't know if they're ever gonna hear of us after this bill becomes law. Right, and it seems like no matter how many content creators or no matter how many prolific authors and writers speak out about this, it's still just being bulldozed through. And again, it all kind of goes back to, well, no one asked for this and no one wanted this. And let's say I were to make a video for True North where I criticize the liberal government. You know, is that going to be something that's boosted on the YouTube homepage? Is that going to be pushed out to Canadian audiences? Uh, I really doubt it. And I think it's really worrying about what kind of tweaks to the algorithm uh, the government is going to do here. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media over at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.